Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing from Los Angeles, the city of angels, and from the Big Apple in law in New York. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I'm Dave, Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at the caregiverspace.org. And we are coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and uh, podcast networks. And I don't know, it's about 25 audio and video platforms. Last time I looked, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio. I won't read them all and bore you. But in fact, we are proud to be voted number one, numero uno caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, and number two on Caring Village, Caring Village, and number three on Feedspot out of thousands. And we have a specially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. Different. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time we had three guests on all at the same time, but the caring majority. Four guests. Oh my God! (laughs) I must have missed one. The caring majority, family caregivers and grassroots community organizers, working to create a care system that works for us all. And we have Lynn Hurstman, or man, however you like it. Gemma, Kalinda, Kayla Shore, and if I miss somebody, is her name Carmen? Yeah, um, Carmen Carmen Miranda, yeah. Murphy. (laughs) Almost. Murphy. And so uh, before I start the show with them, I'd like to thank my last week's guest, Daniel West, studied to be a physical therapist in Australia, came to us in the U.S. in 92. He's worked 70 different facilities six states during his 29 years in the states great show interesting show educational show and just a reminder you can listen to that show and this one and all our shows on caregiverdave.com or on any of our other 25 global networks that i mentioned some of them earlier all right enough of that girls welcome to the caregiver dave show we're so excited to have you on let's start in an order okay first it'll be kayla just so we um uh, don't walk all over each other. And then <laughs> Leon. So whenever I ask you a question, you'll always answer in this order. And then uh, Gemma. That's Got three. It. Who's the fourth one, Adrian? You should be able Carmen to Murphy. I don't see her, though. <laughs> you don't see me? Oh, there you are, Peter. Nice to see you. <laughs> okay, then Carmen. You're last, Carmen. But the last will be first. Don't worry about it. So, um, I like to always ask my guests, and just a short answer, all of you, in the order that I just gave you, um, just who are you girls, and why has God put you on this earth? Big question. Thanks for having us, Dave. Um, So my name is Kayla Shore. I'm the Southern California Research Manager and Organizer with Hand in Hand. I'm I'm based in L.A. as well. Um, And can you hear me okay with the way I'm using my microphone? Great. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm 
really excited to be here. I'm connected to care and caregiving through my family, my grandparents in San Diego. Uh, my grandfather was the primary caregiver for my grandmother from ages when he was 87 to 90 before they hired a home care attendant to help them a few times a week. But seeing that experience has made me really excited um, and and passionate about being in the in a group with these other wonderful women here and many others um, fighting for affordable care uh, and uh, good wages for care workers for that labor to be valued for everybody. So that's that's a little bit about me. And I, Ooh, that I can talk important. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Hi, I'm Leanne Hurstman. I'm Hi. in Los Angeles. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Good. Um, I am a family caregiver. I understand a lot of the listeners are family caregivers, so thank you yep. for yes. joining us today. Um, I am responsible and take care, along with my daughter, for my 98-year-old mother who is bedridden. Oh. And I also have the primary management responsibility for my 68-year-old sister who has a developmental disability. So this is my life, and I'm a very <laughs> active member of Hand in Hand. Cool. Okay. Next. All right, this is Gemma, Gemma. and um, Gemma Kalinda. And um, you need to see I, more of your head, Gemma. If you can pull your uh, oh, okay. Can, tilt, can more. you tilt? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Oh, it oh, went right back. All right. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Is that going to work? Don't Not worry really. about it. Just, Don't just worry keep about going. it. All right. Well, there we are. There we are. Yes. My name is Gemma Kalinda. Yay. Got it. And um, I don't even remember the question, actually. And, the question um, is, why were you put on this earth, Gemma? Oh, make everyone <laughs> happy. Um, no, I'm <laughs> all right. Next. Um, <laughs> I was put on the earth. Um, I, uh, I love helping people and I really do. That makes me extremely happy. Um, something I've always liked to do. Um, you know, that's, that's my joy to be honest with you. Um, I work for a caring majority. I'm an organizer with them and that's what we do. We literally help everybody and anybody that we can domestic workers, um, obviously our, our, our focus, but you know, anyone who needs some type of support and help, that's what we're here for. And, um, and I love doing it and I'm so happy to be a part of this organization. Cool. And Carmen, I think you're next. Oh right? wait, and I'm connected because I need care. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Well, the, wor the world needs people like you who like to help people. Right. Yeah. Carmen. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, I was put on this earth. I guess we discovered as we, you know, go through our life path, but I was put on this earth currently to be a mom of two special needs children who need care. And um, although that's what not are, my choice. What are their needs? I'm sorry. I have um, one with autism and epilepsy and another with autism and Down syndrome. And um, it, it wasn't my choice career. <laughs> I did oh, go really? to school. Maybe <laughs> it wasn't on your resume, huh? 
No, it wasn't. Um, but um, I currently am their home care worker for both boys and um, hoping at some point in my life to be able to find a home care worker that will come in and, and, and work with them. Um, mm. But we want to make sure we have a sustainable salary for them. Otherwise, we're never going to get anybody. Can I ask how old they are, Carmen? Uh, I have a 27-year-old, and I have one that's oh. going to be 19. Okay. Yeah. And where on the uh, autism spectrum are they? They need to be supervised 24 hours. Hmm. I have somebody watching them. My older daughter. Yeah, they, you know, they, they, they know things, but you know, you have to really supervise them and make sure that yeah. they're not in any trouble. They have no safety awareness, basically. Yeah. Well, let's so, get uh, started. And so I'd like to know what exactly is hand in hand, and who wants to answer that first? Kayla? I think I do, I think I do that card. You want it, Kayla? Okay. No. I'll go for it. I'll let you guys decide. <laughs> um, all right. Out of the gate, Hand in Hand is a national network of employers. Um, we employ domestic workers and all kinds of domestic workers, from nannies to house cleaners to home attendants. Um, to private caregivers. And um, we're all working together for to improve the quality of care and to improve the dignity and standards of work for the workers. Um, so we're looking for solutions that basically help each of us, whether we're on the, um, the caregiver side or the employer side. And as we all know, down the pike, pretty soon there's not really any difference. Mm. So we're, we're looking to <laughs> ensure a long-term care that's affordable and accessible to everybody. And to get there, we're trying to support both employers and caregivers to collaborate. We come up with projects and campaigns where we can work together. Um, and the reason we exist as an organization is that the care economy in the United States and even globally is in major crisis. Yes. Um, the evolution of the economic system has not prepared to hold the safety net that we need for care all over the world. And uh, so we have gotten involved in trying to be part of a, a global movement, which is actually led by organizations like the National Domestic Workers Alliance, which is a very large organization of um, workers. And we are their allies and partners. Wow, how long have you been in business? In years. In years. Ten years Gemma, is our ten-year anniversary. Good for you. Jim, so, take it because you were there in the beginning. So no, basically, I you're you're a facility, uh, an agency, providing care to uh, care individuals, employees, um, to caregivers. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I would sort of reframe it as uh, this is Kayla that we're. Um, we're a 
a community organizing base building organization. So rather than be the people who are connecting, you know, people who need, let's say, a caregiver, a home care attendant with uh, someone they can hire, we do bring those people together, but we bring them together to uh, kind of advocate for bigger long-term change in the industry. And we encourage community members who may not, you know, who are directly impacted by the issue, right? Not all, all four of us here in different ways to really take take ownership of the issue and our stake in it and, and raise our voices, whether it's uh, advocating for a bill that will create more funding uh, for home care uh, or, you know, uh, changing practices in, in homes to make sure that uh, there's a better, better communication between the home care worker and the person um, that they're supporting or caring for. Does that distinction kind of clarify it a little bit? Yes, yeah, so you do it better than most people who will call an agency and say, I need a caregiver. Yeah, we'll send one out to you. Yeah? No, we don't. No, we, we don't, don't do that. Not, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't, we don't do that. We, we advocate for home care workers and we advocate for all domestic workers. Maybe it's a nanny, maybe it's a, um, a house cleaner, whatnot, anything like that, caregiver. And we try to make sure that their rights are correct that they're they're being given the you know correct rights and in, in in california they um do a lot of like educating the employers as to you know what the rights are for like nannies um things like that and in new york we do sometimes a little different we deal more with um home care workers so for example, we have like a bill that's that, that we're dealing with the fair pay for home care right now. We're trying to increase um, the wages because home care workers make literally like 12 to like $15 an hour, depending upon where you live. But in upstate New York, it just went to $12.50 an hour. Mm. So, yeah, so we, you know, again, they know the California side a little obviously more than I do, but we don't, so we're, you know, we wouldn't be the ones who you call up and say, hi, I need one of these individuals. Okay. But we then advocate for them to make sure that their rights are being honored and, or that they're being, you know, to make sure they're going to be paid correctly as, you know, essential workers. So you're an advocate for caregivers, professional caregivers. Yes, and, we, have, um, we advocate for them, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you get involved with family caregivers at all? Ones that don't get paid? Ones that do it free? Yes, um, yes, I'm. This is Leanne. I'll take that. Um, yeah. How do you provide yes. for them? How do you help them? Um, in California, especially, but throughout the country, many of us are family caregivers who don't have the resources to pay for attendance, right. and we're working on a campaign to increase the public support for long-term services and supports. But a lot of us have begun working with hand in hand, myself in particular, because I got to a point where I absolutely had to have paid help. And my mom is 24 seven also. Sure. And, and um, at a certain point you make a choice. If you're, we do have like family caregiver support group mm -hmm. for those of us where that's our primary identity and we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to survive it's very hard <laughs> um but we also know that a lot of family caregivers are going to end up needing to seek some kind mm -hmm. of help 
and find a way to hire people. And that puts us then in the position of being employers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you have to figure out, oh, how do I find a caregiver? How do I pay? How do I negotiate that? Um, and that's a very complicated territory. But Right, right. And it's yeah. very rare that um, an organization will cater to family caregivers or paid caregivers. They either do one or the other. But uh, what a great model. That sounds I have, awesome. I have a question. Leanne, do you advocate for the home caregiver, the family caregiver, to receive some sort of stipend from to the government? government? Yes, we do. Um, in the short run, those families, or let's say um, the person in need of care, who qualify for government benefits, either due to um, a disability they might have or because of low income, mm-hmm. um, then yes, we can help family caregivers figure out how to go through that that channel. However, um, I was going to talk about this a little more later, but I'll say it now, like in California, we have about 30% of the population that can qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a huge number of people. Bigger than and I a lot of people don't know that. However, the opposite of that is we have 70% of the people who can't qualify. And right. so in my, in my mother's situation, she can't qualify. And she's in the process now we call spending down. Mm-hmm. Yep where you just start spending every resource until you get down to that lower Mm -hmm. um, low income position to get benefits. But one of the things that I think is is common for many family caregivers, we're trying to keep her at home. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens if you do qualify for benefits, if you're low enough income, they don't want to give the benefit to the family caregiver. They want you to go into an institutional environment. Yeah, I understand. So right now, we, we actually have this um, campaign in California that is trying to correct that. For and I think in place. Kayla is going to talk a little bit more about that later. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, let's talk about your New York Caring Majority and your campaign in New York, since we have a New Yorker here on the show, <laughs> on this side of the microphone. Well, you know, I think they're focusing. So you have the problem of getting of getting the home care worker and then having to hold the home care worker. You're having uh, Internet issues. Yeah. <laughs> Can anyone yeah. else take that question? Yeah, I can take that. I can take that. I'll take it in a little different direction. But um, we have something that's called, you know, like I said, the Fair Pay for Home Care Act. And it's trying to increase the wages for the home care workers because that's part of the, I mean, it's part of the huge problem that people aren't getting paid enough money um, to, um, you know, provide for their family. So you may have some workers, but then again, you know, these individuals are saying, look, I can go and work in, honestly, a fast food facility and make more money. So that's a huge problem. 
you also mm-hmm. have, um, you know, the issue of um, not being necessarily trained, you know, not having the training to, um, you know, be able, like, be able to uh, take care of individuals who may need a little more, you know, and I'm not talking about right. just how to pick up or how to transfer them, but I mean, maybe they, like, like Carmen has special needs children, maybe they don't have those skills, and that's really difficult to feel comfortable leaving your, you know, children behind, um, or it could be, you know, a, even, you know, even a, a husband, children, or yeah. a, that's what I was going to say, yeah, yeah or, or a wife, or, you know, and behind with someone who you don't really know if they can handle the job, you know. Um, so we're advocating for that. And it's kind of like all, 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 it all comes around. Not enough money, not enough people want to stay, you know, in the, in, the, um, in the business. So, you know, we're hoping that with this bill that we're desperately trying to get passed, um, it will raise the income, of the, net, the regional income by 150%, which would technically mean for the individuals who are making like $12.50, their income would go up to $18.75. Now, mm. trust me, that's not even enough. Um, it's, it's really yeah. not, but it's a starting, you know, but, but we're going to start somewhere at least, you know, because, you know, I, I, home care workers are, are essential, but they're priceless and 100% priceless. I mean, I, 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 could, I can't say enough about that, you know. And if you, you hire someone through an, if you hire someone through an agency, then the agency gets money mm. out of that money. Correct. And they do. So the home care worker gets even less. And to piggyback yeah, off of Gemma, yes. you know, oh, I, ahead, it's absolutely correct. That's part of the reason why I don't go into my field. You know, I, I went to school for because when I do get workers on board, um, I have an, the 18 year old loves to create social connection, you know, loves to create mm-hmm. these relationships. But you get workers on, and then the turnover rate on of people because of the wage is ridiculous. Yes. I'm left with you know a heartbroken young man who thought he had somebody that he was able to go out with or do things with or be here with, and you know he doesn't, and you know that that causes many issues. He's also nonverbal and uses a, a software device to, to communicate. They both do. Um. So those are skills that. The skilled component is very important because if you don't yes. have somebody who knows how to communicate with yeah. your children, you know, it, it becomes a problem. Where my other one is um, the opposite. He's not such a happy camper. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> but he's very uh, obsessive, compulsive about certain things. And um, I mean, I could tell you a real short story where I was at a grocery store and he wanted to use the bathroom, but my back was turned. And by the time I turned around, he was upset. And it takes him about 30 to 40 seconds to calm down. But imagine a home care worker looking at a six foot, I apologize, looking at a six foot, 380 pound man getting upset. You know, $12 is not really worth that, especially if you're not trained and you have no benefits. It becomes a problem. Yep. No, yeah. I, chose, I forgot to say no benefits is right. I forgot. Absolutely right. no benefits. Zero zilch nada. Well, how about the California situation? Who knows about that since I'm in California? I can speak to that. And, um, you know, I think just to zoom out a little bit as well, Leanne and Gemma and Carmen have talked a little bit about this, but I think connecting the home care work to the family caregiver uh, work and to, to so many people who are in this audience, you know, we know that there's already an enormous need for caregivers. It's, it's um, more work than, than we have people ready to do, whether they're a part of a family and doing the work unpaid or, or paid home care workers. 
And this is going to, Anita's going to keep growing. It's a system that's already strained, but uh, I was looking at a study that we think about a lot in our California work, which is projecting that there's going to be another 600,000 to 3 million additional caregivers, home care workers needed to support all Californians uh, yeah. who need home care support by 2030. So that's less than 10 years away. And so knowing how, you know, between family caregivers and paid caregivers, there's just no way to meet that need. Um, uh, having that in mind and thinking about how investing in home care now as a real career for people so that family caregivers can also make a choice about whether or not they want to take on that role, which I know some people do and some people, like I know, um, not saying that it's not a role you want to hold, Carmen, but I know you talked about leaving a job and getting your master's and not being able to follow that role, that role because you aren't able to, uh, you know, get the home care workers in your home who you need to support you. Right. Um, right. I think, you know, our, our big picture is really that more investment in home care, including higher wages and benefits, will translate to more support, um, meaning, you know, more home care workers, more affordable home care if the investment is coming from the top, um, and better quality and training, and more choice, less burnout for family caregivers. So I think that's that's really the big picture that we're we're working on together and we're moving towards. Um, and to speak more specifically to California, uh, our work is really focused on creating a universal long-term services and services and support social insurance plan, um, which would be a benefit. Uh, like they have, they actually have something like this in Washington and in Hawaii already, as well as in some other countries. Um, but a benefit where people would pay in, um, just like Social Security, and then whenever you need long-term care support in your life, you're able to access this fund and, and get the care you need, um, whether that is home care support, it could be respite care for a family or caregiver. It could also be things like uh, wheelchairs or home modifications that would allow people to stay at home. So in California, we're really pushing towards creating this benefit that will include uh, everybody and, and make it um, more possible to actually get the support that we need and not get burnt out uh, because yeah. of a lack. Those are bold, ambitious goals. How do you plan to get all that done? Got a plan? <laughs> yeah, plan. Uh, Let me just insert and then you can take it up. But um, we already have spent the last two years um, working with the governor actually who wanted to draft a 10-year master plan on aging so that has given us the framework in which to um, work on a long-term services and supports program so through, through yes governor newsom our governor yours governor <laughs> the one who's getting recalled <laughs> no <laughs> Absolutely not going to happen. In any case, um, that has caused a lot of people to come together from all different um, buy-ins in this problem, from the top to the bottom, um, to anticipate this situation. So it actually has led us to form a coalition with a, a lot of other organizations. Maybe Kayla can identify them that we have now come up with a plan that's going to take us at least through the next five years. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that, Kayla? 
Wow. Sure. Um, I can I can jump in and then after would also love to hear from New York because I know New York has an amazing campaign and some victories that they've already accomplished. Um, but here in California, uh, we have, as Leanne mentioned, laid the groundwork um, for this for this kind of ambitious vision that we have that I think is actually very very possible and, and very. Um, but now that we've gotten this a recommendation for this benefit uh, was elevated in this in this master plan for aging process that Leanne was talking about. Um, now there is I want to not, not get into too much of the nitty gritty, but over the next three years there'll be legislation to kind of establish a, a governance structure for a program like this, uh, then one to create funding, right? Because the, the, the crux of the issue is always the money, uh -huh. right? So in two years, we'll be looking at where the funding comes from. And then hopefully in 2023, which is only, you know, two, two and a half years away, we'll be able to start implementing this new program. And the way that we do that outside of the big picture steps is we bring family caregivers into uh, air their stories to show that they need more support now. Um, oh, I saw a video come up. Is there a break? No, coming up <laughs> okay. on a break. Okay, okay. I just didn't want to talk over the break. So, but, but right, we need to, to actually make these pieces of legislation that are, that are real or will be real uh, pass and make them successful. We need people to join us, right? Join us in our fight to show that this is essential, this is needed, it impacts all of us now or in the future or in the past. Um, and that means signing petitions, it means going to lobby visits, it means giving public comment, um, but really just showing all in one voice that we, we need this change to happen. And I can talk a little bit later about how people can plug into those efforts, but um, I think that's really the core of it, is the people are the, the, the engine wow. of, of all the change we're trying to make. You guys really have it together, don't you? <laughs> I've got a question if we're after the break, Dave. All right. We'll be right back. A couple of minutes. Don't go away. <laughs> we are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with Kayla Shore and Gemma K. 
Kalinda and Leon Hurstman and Carmen and my lovely <laughs> co-host Adrian Guberg. I'm Dave Nassani. So what's your question, Adrian? Uh, Kayla and Leanne, you are speaking with the governor about programs on aging, but I mean, Carmen, <laughs> Carmen can tell you that it's not only people that are aging that need this kind of caregiving help. Um, what what can be done? I, I mean, Carmen, what is going on, let's say, in New York to help you out? I mean, is there any sort of initiative that you're achieving or trying to? You're muted. <laughs> Can't hear you, Carmen. Can you hear me now? Yes. Are we good? Yeah. Well, Gemma got me on this uh, campaign for the fair pay for home care. So we can get uh, an increase in wages for the uh, home care workers. We may, it'll be more attractive to them. I mean, we have enormous amounts of positions available, but we, it's not attractive. Nobody wants to come and work, um, right. which leaves us with, you know, up in hands with nobody. And we can't, and I can't leave my children. And there are many people who can't leave the individuals that they're caring for because they need the 24-hour supervision or they need right. the 20 they need somebody there and so one person in the family has to sacrifice and um not that i don't i love my kids but you know we all have like a you know a set of things that makes us mentally stable which is work can be one of them and um friendship self-care yeah. self and all of that really starts to deteriorate Honestly, and um, unfortunately, and s a lot of us actually start to feel isolated when there's so many of us. Of course. Which is really ironic, to say the least. Because um, there so, are so many of us. So many. <laughs> but each one and of growing. us feels isolated. <laughs> yeah. And the thing of it is, if we can uh, get the funding that we need, honestly, I think that. Um, you will be able to put more into the economy. We'll be able to give, there'll be more money out there because more sure. people will be um, happier and the family will be more united and you'll gain more friendships and people will be able to work and, and, and be able to um, contribute. Yep. Yeah, caregivers are a huge voting block as much as a third of the population. Yeah. Uh, they, need, they really need to get involved in the voting process and calling their congressman process and and advocacy groups like yourself uh, really, really helps. So now what's the difference between a paid caregiver and a, um, a family caregiver as far as uh, domestic worker rights? Uh, let me also throw in there, we have um, minor caregivers between the ages of eight and 18 who are also working uh, because, you know, legally or illegally for whatever reason, you know, uh, grandma needs uh, someone to watch her, and I'm going to work, and you're not going to school today. You're watching grandma, and mm. they're not covered by labor laws, or, you know, 20-minute uh, breaks and 30-minute lunches and all that, so comment on that. Or when, you, or when you come home from school, you've got to take care of somebody, yeah. and and yeah. that deprives children of their child. play today, yeah. Growth. I mean, we only growth. You know, absolutely. We only to experience certain things, and if we, as a child, don't experience that, we miss out on a you know fundamental uh, balance of our 
childhood. Exactly. In order to contribute to our goals. Gemma, you can uh, answer the difference between the um, family caregiver and there, you know, you can be a family caregiver and still get paid um, through the CD, the Consumer Directed Patient Assistance Program (CDPA), and um, but you can't, it can't be a husband and wife. But that's why Carmen can um, take care of her her boys and still get yeah. paid because she's their mother. And um, and so we have that program. But that's also that program is where Carmen herself would select individual care workers if she felt comfortable obviously and she would be like their boss and they essentially work for her now if you're someone um who is you know of sound mind sound mind and body then technically you would hire them and then you again would be their boss so that's the cdpa program now the other program where individuals may just go to a home um you know a home care agency they still get paid the same amount of money um it's more or less like we have these individuals and we're going to you know, kind of test you out, um, but that would be the difference. So, you know, Carmen has chosen, you know, to take care of her her family, you know, which is mm -hmm. amazing. Um, and then, you know, she could technically also go through an agency, but you have to select one one or the other. You can't do both. She can't say, oh, I've had enough uh, of this. I'm just going to go to an agency now. You can't do that. So she's kind of obligated, which is, which again, this is her choice, not that it's, you know, but she's obligated to stick with the CDPA program, which means that she will select the caregivers for her sons, which in my opinion, for this situation, that's the only way she could do it. You know, you can't just send somebody. You have to, you know, especially with the with her boys having special needs, she has to yep. feel comfortable with who's coming, you know. Um, but that's the difference. And like I said, only real, I mean, not really difference, but she selects them, she handpicks them versus an agency just sending them over. And again, a husband and wife just can't care for themselves. But this is a huge program and it's in jeopardy and it has unfortunately lost a lot of funding with the latest budget, shall we say. We don't have to go into that, but it's in jeopardy of yeah. losing, you know, a lot. And this is a big problem because people need to be taken care of. People need to get care. Um, you know, we're trying to make a caring society. You know, that's that's our goal at, at you know, the caring majority. And there's lots of things that are just going against us. And it's really difficult. But we're trying to put that back in because and I'm sure we all know, you know, New York State's, I'm talking about New York, obviously, but New York State's care infrastructure is, 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 really poor for lack of better really words poor um yeah and i don't mean money wise it's just no you know, i know <laughs> yeah, we just you know i mean yes too but you know but it's really it really needs help it needs restructuring and this is part of a lot of these these movements that you know we're trying to facilitate you know trying to get more money for home care workers so that can go back into the system trying to make mm -hmm. it an essential job because it is it's a career and people aren't viewing it like that you know when COVID came and still here but you know who was on the front line they were you know, they were finally noticed, and I'm just hoping that 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 you know recognition does not go away. Because I mean, you know, it's it's really important. You know, from the way things are going uh, today, you might be getting a, a new governor to work with. So we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk about spend your uh, spend till you're desolate. Uh, go back to oh. that. Uh, I, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Um, I think um, you have to be real careful how you do that, don't you? Because there's Look back periods, you know, to see if anything funny has been going on for the last right. five years, for example. Right. And so you have to be very careful that you don't uh, cause any red flags. You know, you don't go out and and uh, get a ten thousand dollar cruise and and yep. uh, you know 
Go ahead. And as of, as of you know, we're, we're trying to, technically this was supposed mm -hmm. to start in October, but as a result of the um, pandemic, um, a lot of things got put off. Um, so right now they're, we're, we're hopefully gonna be fighting off, we're, you know, doing, I did a lot of stuff for it yesterday actually, um, speaking about um, this bill from the Senate and the assembly, which is basically saying, April 1st, you're gonna have that look back in your bank account and your assets and all those other things. And mm -hmm. if you've had over the limit of money, then you're not gonna be able to be considered for the program. But you know, that's that's the only thing to say. That's to me, and I think it's amazing that people can get the services, but Medicaid is the only insurance that offers long-term care. The only, right. unless you have had it, you know, previously, like in terms of, you know, set up an account and, and you have it for later on and, you know, and you're paying into it. And that's, that's a problem because therefore it's literally putting people in a predicament where they have to, you know, decide to live in poverty, poverty in order to qualify yes. for these benefits, you know, and that's not fair. Um, but there are certain programs that will allow you to not do that. But for a lot of people, yeah, can't buy a house, can't have a house, can't have a car, can't do that, you know, and it's rough. It really is rough. No assets. Um, yeah, no assets whatsoever. Some programs will allow you to, don't get me wrong, it's not everyone, but it's not always told told to you like that. It's more like spend everything you have, you know, liquidate, you know, everything, and then you can, you know, then you'll be able to be in the program. And now with this with this with these these two bills, um, the ADLs have changed, um, which basically mean that you're in order to qualify, it's gonna be um uh, did I either, it's kind of an interesting statement, but are you disabled enough? And if you're too disabled, it's called nursing home. Right. And, it, and it's, it's, it's scary. It's really scary. So I'll let someone else talk. Did you ever that. talk about the connection to care and caregiving? We covered that? You have to care to do caregiving. I mean, and there's a difference. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there's, I always said there's a difference between being a caregiver and someone who's a caretaker. That's, that's always my thing. You know, are you like, you know, yes. Carmen's a caregiver, like 100%. Well, that's where you have you know? to, when you do your interviews, you have to make sure yeah. that the person you're interviewing is a cares in order to be a caregiver, not just there to yep. get a paycheck, which it, the paycheck is that yeah. big. So <laughs> they're going to end And you know, there's. There's a perception that paid family caregivers, no, I take out the family part. There's a perception that paid caregivers somehow don't have the same compassion and empathy and caring that a family caregiver has. And that may be true for a tiny fraction of them, but all in all, you yeah. know, I know many paid caregivers who take their jobs very seriously, get depressed when their uh, client has died and moves on, you know, go through depression and so on. You form so, yeah, a bond. Just, yeah. Pardon? No, it's because you form a bond. Yeah, like yeah. with the family a lot of the yeah. times as well. If you, you care, know, you form a bond, yeah. Exactly. You know, and honestly, I have someone who it's through a grant that I have and I'm able to, you know, she came to me first and it was just like luck that she was so perfect. But um, she cares. She's been doing this for 40 years. Wow. She's a caregiver. I mean, literally. Um, but, you know, you definitely, you know, so the money thing, I don't see how anyone could really do it for money considering how no. they just went to 12.50. They were at 11.80 for I don't even know how long. Wow. 11.80. So, again, if you, you got to really care um, if you're going to be willing to make 11.80. <laughs> you know, the, you don't do it for the money. That's And this is know. not easy work. It's not easy work. You're caring. Oh. Each individual has, is unique. 
and you have to get to know that individual. You got to know how they communicate, what they need. How, you know, just just by the look of somebody's face, once you get to, you know, oh, you know that person needs this. Excuse me for a minute. Let me let me manage them. You really get to to care about them, and so you put the home care worker in a position of, you know, maybe even feeling bad that they have to may leave because they can't afford their housing or their food or you know or even their children's um, education or things like that and now they then have to say i have to make the choice of leaving somebody i really care about and i really enjoy this work because i'm not getting um you know what i'm worth basically I and, and i can't afford my i can't afford what i need to afford you know to live a livable wage it's not a livable wage bottom line you know it is is this can i can I throw something in here too? Uh, because yeah. I am, I am an employer, and I have uh, over the years between my daughter and myself taking care of my mother and my sister, um, we have we we do employ. And in fact, one of the reasons I joined Hand in Hand was because I was so I we had grown so close to my mother's caregiver that I wanted to be sure that I was, to the extent that it was economically feasible, to be the best possible employer I could be. And in California, we actually, in the last couple of years, have gained certain legal rights for paid caregivers. Mm. Um, most employers don't know it, <laughs> and, most workers, and most workers don't know it, so we have a big education program going on to do that education, but it involves um, being paid for um, overtime, which is a big issue because a lot of um, private home uh, employed caregivers, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, especially given the immigration situation in the United States. Yes get terribly exploited through this. And so you find people who are living in or working around the clock and have no protection. And one of the things, um, let me see if this connects and makes sense, is that we have fought for there to be labor rights that we can win that are stronger than the rights of citizenship. So that one of our partner organizations, like the um, Filipino Workers Center, is actually able to win wage theft cases mm. based on the labor law, even though many employers, especially agency employers, will try to threaten that you can't have a higher wage because you have no rights because you don't have citizenship. So this, I think, you know, is a exciting and subtle point, but a big point for the future of home care workers um, to actually get these kind of protections. And so the point I was going to try to make about this earlier before it came up was, how do you afford to pay what it is what the law is now asking us to win to pay if we how do we as as uh, family caregivers uh, family members find the resources like right now you can't even buy private 
long-term care insurance anymore. Most people wouldn't qualify. And the reason that we need this, I can't remember the language Kayla used, but a social insurance program that's publicly funded is so that, so that it isn't on an individual family to see if you can borrow from each other or mortgage your house or take out another loan or um, all the kind of things that people are doing now. Plus, increasingly, people are not in family units. So that, you know, is a whole nother thing. We need a societal commitment to care. Wow. So right. Um, you four are just so passionate and, and experienced and uh, it's it's like the dream team and I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that you're fighting for us. They're right. Uh, yes. <laughs> so um, and obviously investment in home care is impacting family caregivers. So you you've got all the bases covered, so to speak. And um, you spoke a little about how you plan on making these changes, which is pretty good. Have, have you missed anything? Uh, are there any other uh, ways that you plan on doing this that you haven't already gone over? Um, I can, this is Kayla, I can just speak a little bit to folks who aren't in New York or California, because I know you have listeners who are all over the, all over the country and even the world. So, um, we are really excited about these two big campaigns we have going on, and uh, the Biden-Harris administration has had a caregiving platform that I'm sure many people were aware of, where they really did elevate caregiving as a priority in this in their administration. And so now we have this opportunity on a national level to hold them accountable. Um, and one way that we are working on doing that uh, is by making sure they include home and community-based services, um, you know, home care uh, and the other services that go along with that that allow people to stay at home and not be in institutions, making sure that those things are included in the upcoming pandemic relief and recovery packages, um, and uh, really putting pressure on them to, to stick with their promise. Um, and I think the number that we're asking for is $450 billion investment in, the, in those services in the upcoming bill which is a lot of money and it's never even get, it's not going to be enough. Right. But it's, no but it's way. a way to start with the recovery. <laughs> so there's, um, that's, that's something that we're pushing on with our partners at caring across generations, which does a lot of work with family caregivers. And, um, I'll mention this, the URL, if you want to learn more about that campaign or the ones we're working on in California or New York, uh, it's, it's bit.ly, bit.ly slash caregivers take action. So bit.ly slash caregivers take action. And that's a way to plug into these different efforts. Because I think, Dave, you okay. said, you know, we're so glad you're, that we're fighting for you. But I think actually we're fighting alongside you, or at least that's our hope, right? Alongside you and alongside your listeners. Because um, yeah. we need everybody. And if I don't know if you said this because I went off by accident. And if you go to the New York Caring Majority website, you'll see um, our our video. It's a, it's about a three and a half four minute PSA um, and um, calling for home care. Please, everyone, please go see it. And at the end of it, sign the petition to the governor that 
you want fair pay for home care. Again, Can you repeat the name of where we're supposed to go? Yes, no problem. The New York Caring Majority on Facebook. That's the Facebook, the New York Caring Majority. And honestly, like as soon as you open it up, you'll see um, calling for home care, and you mm -hmm. can play the video. And it's an amazing, it's it's incredible. And they're made by our leaders um, in our in Caring Majority, and um, and it's all it's all real, 100%. Um, and um, it's it's about three and a half minutes, and it just it just puts out there, you know, why we need, um, you know, serious changes in our home care infrastructure and at the end of it there is a petition to sign for the governor and it doesn't make a difference if you're in new york or california it doesn't make you know you can still sign it and this is what we're going to be you know sending off and doing what we have to do because we have got to make this fair pay for home care go through it has to happen we have yep. to see justice i'm going to say new york k majority care Majority. One of the things I've always felt is that because of a care, family caregiver's role, um, they're not speaking up for themselves. And I, I keep feeling we've got to make a little noise. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to do. It's time to make some noise. And yeah. I know... In the last president, not the last presidential campaign, the old yeah. presidential campaign, not no one used the word caregiving. And the very the first time I heard it in this campaign, I was like, finally, somebody is actually using the word. And <laughs> the very fact I I attended the Rosalind Carter. Um, symposium last year, and that was founded, she founded her caregiving foundation in 1984, mm. and this was a first lady, and no one's paying any attention, and now I think they are. I mean, like I, I think said before. Unfortunately, COVID, I think, has brought this out. You know, unfortunately for COVID, but fortunately for COVID, now people are looking and seeing that these home care workers are in dire need um, to be paid more, but they are so essential, and we need them. And so. we don't know what the yeah, long-term effects of COVID are going to be yet. Correct. So people mm. are worried about what's down the line. Correct. Well, the I family has time has flied. Oh. Flied, is that a word? No. <laughs> we, we've run out of time. We only have time to just tell us how caregivers can get involved and uh, contact information. And if you can do that in like three minutes, awesome. I'll start. Yeah. Um, in New York, I have a I have the um, the home care worker roundtable. Um, that's how I met Carmen actually. And you can get involved. You can email me at Gemma. That's G E M like Mary M like Mary A at domesticemployers.org. Um, that's how we're, we're, we're lifting up home care workers, and um, that's what we're doing. So Gemma at domesticemployers.org um, from the Caring Majority, and, um, and that's how you can get in touch. Great. Thanks, Gemma. I can jump in. Um, this is Kayla. Uh, you can reach me at Kayla at domesticemployers.org, and also the, I'll mention that link again. Um, 
And if you put your information there, then we can, you know, you can check what you're interested in. We can follow up with you so that you can get plugged in in the way you want, or you can just, you know, start getting emails so you learn more. I mean, actually, Gemma, there's also a, the video is on that that uh, link as well, and it'll drive oh, people look at the petition. So it's a one-stop shop. That's <laughs> caregivers take action. Again, you cut out. Repeat that. Those. Yeah, yeah. The, so the link is uh, the one-stop shop link is bit.ly. Oh, bitly. Slash, bitly. Yep. yep. Slash caregivers take action. Is there a just, .com after that or not? No. Nope. No .com. Bitly. Hmm. Yep. Bit. No. Bit it's dot dot is before the ly. Okay. And I'll put it. Okay. Bit.ly and then caregivers take action. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just one last thing. Um, it's not just the round table that we do, obviously. So get in touch. Um, like I said, going to the Facebook site, like our page, and you can see all the services and things that we offer because it's just more more to us than the round table. We're, we're, we're huge and we um, are trying to do, do, you know, help everyone we can. Great. And Dave and behind Adrian. You. And if there's, if there's anything Thank we can help you, you so do, much. let us know. What were you <laughs> Thank saying? you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. It's been amazing. Did I interrupt anybody? You're all done talking. Yes, I, was, <laughs> I just wanted to say that um, this is my first introduction to your project. So <laughs> I'm excited to find out about it and um, sign up with your group and um, join all those other family caregivers out there. Well, I'm at caregiverdave.com. Adrian is at thecaregiverspace.org. And I appreciate you all coming on the show. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, it was a great show. We've got to have to have you back and see how you're doing. See how you're making progress. Yes, Thank you. and, and I, I'm personally excited because I have always had the goals of what you guys are doing, and you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So thank God for you. Yeah. So until next week, we'll see you back, same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. Uh